Hi, I'm Daniel. And I'm Peter. And we are parents of two children, Alberto and Rosina. Each week we sit down together and chat about the reality of raising children. So, if you're a new parent, expecting or just want to see what it's all about, this is the place for you. This, this is, is The, the Parent Sesh. Welcome back, everybody, to the Parent Sesh podcast. Hello, how are you going? Hello, everybody. Hey. Hey. Hey to you. Uh, Hello. <laughs> uh, let's talk about this week, I guess. We've had a bit of sickness. Oh, it's been an off week. It has been an off week. It's really hard to parent while you're sick. We've had three of us kind of mm. be sick. You were a little bit sick. Yeah, but functional sick. Yeah. Mm. Whereas I had a day where I was like unfunctional sick, but still had to function. Yeah. Because you can't really stop. And Racina was oh. unfunctional sick, but Alberto. He's been fine. Functional. And if we're, if we're being honest, he's probably the one that brought it home because of school. Yeah. Right? That's just how they operate. Mm-hmm. Is just bring an illness home. It's just open up the door. Come on through sickness. <laughs> Every other week. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really frustrating to have to deal with as a parent. It just means that you can't do, you don't have the energy to do certain things. Yeah. And the kids kind of end up suffering for it. And I think as well, this week we've been sleeping in a little bit, mm. which is quite unusual for us. Uh, so breakfast has been a little bit later and then it's been more of a rush to get Alberto to school because he likes to get there to have 10 minutes to play before the bell rings. Has a bit of a knock-on effect, mm. right? Because everything gets delayed, then you're rushing and then that is when you're not well is uncomfortable mm. to deal with. And irritating. Oh. I think you're a lot more irritated. Because things happen quickly and they're not happening quickly. And it's just everyone gets annoyed. And just everyone's on heightened senses and emotions. Mm. So, But we're beyond it, I think. Yeah, I think we're on the other side of it now. Mm-hmm. It was not a nice few days. Racina probably, I think, copped the worst of it. Yeah, for the for the longest. Hers really went for a few days. Everyone else sort of a day. Yeah, or if you too, if you have like if you get sick in your household, what what are ways you deal with it? Like, just let us know, I guess, how other people deal with sickness. Because do we do, do any of us deal with sickness? Like, no. you just get through. I don't know. Sometimes you know the other person might just pick up and like charge on, and but when like if we're both not feeling well, it's really hard, isn't it? Mm. It's like, can you deal with it? And you're like, oh, no, <laughs> no, I can't. <laughs> But you were obviously worse. It's like whoever's not the worst. Yeah. I think that's the person who has to put their hand up, right? Mm-hmm. It's usually what's going to happen. So we're, we're off to a better start to this week, though. So Fingers he's, crossed. He's hoping he doesn't bring any more sickness home from school or from anything else because there's this week we're going to talk about extracurricular activities that you do outside of school. Mm-hmm. So we'll get to that after this. Extracurricular activities, it's a, it's a one that you, as a parent, when the, your kid's born, you have all these ideas mm. of where you want to start and you're like, I'm going to get them in early, but you can't really start them too early, can you? Like you go to swimming lessons, you're like, oh, 
they're not that ready yet. Yeah. I think that it's really two and a half, maybe three before they can actually really participate. Yeah. The thing I was really conscious of is I was really big into trying to get Alberto into football Mm -hmm. and we took him to one at three, the little kickers. Yeah. And whilst you could see that, you know, he wanted to play and he wanted to run around, there wasn't quite a grasping of what was happening yet. And the program itself wasn't to build any skill. No, it was just really, really just it's, really letting kids run around and you move drop them the ball off. from here to here. Yeah, yeah, mm. it wasn't anything of that nature. But I think anything before two, it's not really something that's for them. It's more for you as the parent. I think it's just to build confidence, mm. not skill. Confidence, not skill. So whether it's swimming, it's water confidence, being able to hold your breath or go under. Yes, okay, it will build that. But learning how to swim, strokes, getting from one side to the other doesn't really come until over three. Much later. Once they're in the pool by themselves, Mm. you know. So I think that comes with anything. It's the same with football. Like the little kickers program was the same. It was a parent has to be there to teach the child. So like the coach runs it, but you're interacting with Mm. with your child and trying to teach them what the coach is saying. Let's let's go back, I guess, to before we had the two kids. What was our thoughts on like what we would do with our kids outside of school? What was our what, what did we what did we want? Well, we wanted them to. I think there were two things. Mm. We would love for them to learn an instrument. Yes. And then the other was to do something active. Whatever that may be, whatever that looked like. Obviously, you really wanted football. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think you're you're a person that's like, if Alberto doesn't like football, I'm going to push him into it anyway. It was more just like he will probably like it because you like it. And then as he gets older, it's it's, he takes it on or he doesn't. I was really conscious with the football side of things. Yeah, not to push it on him. To let him, to, I just wanted it to be around his environment. Mm-hmm. So my plan. <laughs> Ooh, master <yeah>. plan. <laughs> my, <laughs> my, my thought process, sounds a lot better than plan. My thought process before Alberto was born, knowing I was having a boy, was to just have football surround him. Basically have it be the environment that he would be in. Not, not it be forced on him. But there'd be footballs on the floor. It'd be normal. Yeah. If, I, if if the TV was on, I'd be watching a football game and that would be the only sport that I would sort of have on the TV. It would basically just be like, again, not forced, not forced. <laughs> just want to stress that, not forced, but definitely encouraged that this is the direction to go down. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I wanted that was just because I knew what the sport did for me. I knew it it was my place that I found in the world and the confidence it gave me to socialize, to have friends and to to be active was what I really enjoyed out of it. So I wanted that with him mm-hmm. and then I wanted us to have something to connect over. Yeah, I think we really wanted the culture and community. Definitely. Of, of football. So the extracurricular activity was to find something that, yeah, we could connect over but also make him active. And I just found that football for me was was perfect. So Mm -hmm. I just surrounded that with him. Yeah. Whereas I think when we have, when we had our girl, 
you wanted something a bit different because you did horse riding. Yeah, I did. It it was a lot later though. It was yes. sort of eight or nine. Oh, yeah. Around that kind of time frame was when I was able to really start and have solo lessons and group lessons. And I did the sleepover camps and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's a, a while away. It's a while away. <laughs> you can't quite plant the seeds of horse. You can't have horses roaming through our well, apartment. Well, we, don't, <laughs> we don't, yeah, we don't live on a farm or mm. have a friend or family member. The exposure member. is a bit harder. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think, yeah, for us, it was just finding things that could connect us to our children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But then also have it meet those criteria of, of active. And then the instrument one, well, we, we thought Alberto picked up guitar really well. Yeah. When he was when he, he was really young. like Your dad I mean, he's plays. Still five. Yeah. And right? your brother. So it makes sense. Again, it makes sense. From a family connection perspective yeah. to bring that through. So our thought process initially, yeah, was to just try and find stuff that I think connected us as a family. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel. Do you agree? Yeah. And also challenged mm. Alberto or our children because we don't, we want them to be able to take things on and feel like they can say yes to life and that things don't hold them back because they're, they're confident, they're not afraid mm. to try something new. So whether these things fit with them, you can't know that until you've either had your children or as they're growing and changing and creating their own personalities, they showcase what they like. Mm. So you can only put them into something that we think they might like early on until they can decide decide for themselves Mm. but the whole strongly encouraging thing is still there it's still there and with racina we're at her age now is starting to think okay she'll be two halfway through the year so what 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 is she going to do what are we going to sign her up for is she going to follow in the football steps at this age or is she going to branch out and do something that's her own I think for the second child, it's a lot difficult. A lot difficult? Yeah, a lot more <laughs> difficult for the second child because she's around the football a lot. Football yeah. is, the footballs are around the floor. They're in the backyard. She comes to Alberto's football training. Mm-hmm. She kicks the ball around. She loves seeing yeah. the ball being played with. And I feel like she's feeding off that energy. Mm-hmm. But then is that her thing? that she might want to go into or is she only reacting to what's being shown to her? Yeah. So obviously (laughs) it sounds like what we did with Alberto's working with Racina, like exposing to football, exposure exposure to like a hyper exposure, but not forcing it. Uh, Cause we're not, we're not actively saying to Racina go and play football. We're just there. And she picks up the ball and we'll start playing with it. She loves kicking it. Loves kicking it yeah. around, you know, and that's not us telling her to go and do it. It's just her natural inclination to go and do it. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's in the DNA. Who knows? Maybe it's just maybe <laughs> it's, in, it's in the Skateri blood <laughs> to pick up a football and kick it around. So, yeah, but we'll see with her where she goes down. But Alberto, we've got a clearly defined path, at least for now, over what this year will probably look like when it comes to extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. So we'll pick it pick up on that after after the break. So 
once we decided extracurricular activities and what we sort of wanted to get Alberto into, we'll start with Alberto because he's actually doing them mm. at the moment. We started with football. That was like, I guess swimming was the first real outside one, but can you count it? I mean, we spoke about that in the first segment. You can't really count the first type of swimming you do. I think you can because you pay for it. That's and you fair. show up every week and you have a teacher yeah. or a coach. I don't yeah. know what, what they're called, swimming teacher. I think football was the first more organized one where it's the same kids and same parents every week. Mm-hmm. Swimming lessons would always be a bit different. There was only one or two other children in the class, whereas this is a proper environment where you bring in your kids, it's structured, there's coaches. Well, that comes with age, doesn't comes it? Age it comes too. back yeah. to that point of as they get older, it becomes more of a... Yeah. Well, we can compare the two football experiences while we're here because the first one was like one of those little programs on a Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Eight-week program just for the term. Yeah. And versus that was when he was three versus starting at a club when he was four. Mm-hmm. Uh, vastly different experiences, right? After school. Yeah. It was. And twice a week. To, yeah, twice a week. Twice a week with proper coaching, mm-hmm. organized training sessions. Kits. Kits, mm. proper structure to the training as well. Like there was actual learning being applied it yeah wasn't, like tuesdays was more practice and yeah, then fridays is was game to game apply, apply the skill that they learned on the tuesday whereas the other one wasn't really anything like that mm. and you could see the difference in alberto's approach to it so like alberto's approach to the first one again he was three so an, from an age perspective he probably wasn't ready to be in more of a too structured environment and he kind of treated it as it was. I'm going to muck around on a Sunday mm-hmm. with kids of all ages. And then on the proper one, he he definitely was more focused. He was more alert. He wanted to take on and apply the concepts he was practicing at home. He also really enjoys having us just sit and watch. Mm. He likes that bit of independence and being listening to a coach Mm. and being surrounded by peers instead of surrounded by parents. What is it about kids when they listen to other people (laughs) more than they listen to their own parents? (laughs) He listens to us. But it's just, yeah, it feels like he respects the coaches. It's crazy. Like you you see him out there, the coach will tell him something to do and he'll go and do it first time. Yeah. Like what is this sorcery? Or even the like congratulations. Like if we if we're clapping, he kind of looks over at us like, yeah, calm down. But if the coach is like, Oh, Alberto, you're just like messy, he's like, Yes. Yes, yes I'm like my favorite player ever. Yeah, like he gets a thrill a huge thrill huge from it. Huge bundle of excitement about it. Mm. So yeah, there's something different about that environment, you know? Like I could I could have easily taken him to playgrounds and trained him. You know, I could have done that. Probably this this age group, but I think taking him somewhere specific, removed from the parental bias that I might have of he should do it this way because that's how I would do it, mm-hmm. and then making it more structured and listen to the person who's professional and does it for their job. Mm makes him listen and it's almost like he's in a school classroom but for mm. football and then he can adapt and listen and, and learn in that way. So yeah, the two the two experiences compared taking him to a club best thing, best decision we made. I think when it comes to outside of school activities. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, it, that's also can be said with swimming lessons, right? Is, yeah. Yes, if you are a swimmer, you know how to swim well, you could teach your children in your backyard pool, mm. you know, or go and take them to a, a community pool. You can do that. But having the teacher and the instructor and having them swim independently of you it's a different level of learning experience. Absolutely. I was going to add something <laughs> and I completely forgot. What well, we got off add. track. Okay. We were, talk- we were going to talk about how oh. we get in- into it, how yeah. you sign up. And- yeah. So when it comes to the cost, I think we'll start with the cost. Sometimes you can be put off by the cost of an extracurricular activity. Like you look at the overall season cost mm. and you're like Phew. yeah i guess it is that worth how, it is how that they a lot frame of money? it yeah you know whether it's oh it's only this much per week or you've got to pay this bulk amount up front but i think even football for talking about that specifically there's a real consensus that it's costing too much money to participate okay i am on the fence i'm on the side of the fence that i disagree with that purely because the clubs and all these extracurricular activities that you're taking your kids to, it's all run by volunteers mostly, Mm. right? So you're paying money for the club to be able to buy kits and balls and all that sort of stuff, trophies, uh, put on canteen, equipment, all of this stuff so they can put it on for your kids to play. Floodlights, when it gets dark, they've got to pay for that electricity. So for my thing, a cost of a season, $300, $400, I think it's great value. Yeah. Somewhere to go and take your kids for two days a week. Two days a week, two hours a week. They get to socialize Mm -hmm. with other kids their own age. They get to play a sport and be active and be healthy. And all it's costing you for that 18 week, 20 week period is $350, $400. I think that's a, that's value for money. Yeah. It's two, our club, it's two terms is one season and it's two seasons a year. Yeah. And then that equates to over the course of the year, I think it's like $20 a week. $20 a week. To get your child in an environment where they're learning, they're socializing, they're physically active. It's fantastic. Also at this age, they don't have to have top of the line boots. They don't have to. (laughs) He's saying that because Alberto has top of the line boots, but they absolutely don't have to. And the kit is fully provided. So that's, it's Shirt, in the short cost. and socks and shin pads and shin were pads. provided. So for us, that that getting him into that, again, you balk at the price at the start because you look at it and go, Yikes. it's a big outlay. Mm. But when you factor in everything you're getting as value after that, I think it'd be silly not to. Now, of course, you've got to have capacity as a parent to get them there for the time that it's on. So, for example, the football we had is four o'clock. Mm-hmm. on a Tuesday and a Friday. So that makes it challenging if both parents are working, if there's no real time capacity. But, you know, in the circumstance for us is you... Yeah, but also they do have a lot of after-school programs. So mm. extracurricular activities that are run through the school. So children can stay at school later and a parent doesn't actually have to pick them up. They just take yeah, them straight to the activity. I know that the school Alberto goes to, they do karate. Okay. I know that. Didn't I'm know not that. sure what else they do. They did send home uh, an Oz kick flyer. 
Nope. (laughs) (laughs) But they sent it home. They sent it home. So it is definitely accessible through the school. And we've got friends that do, you know, things through school like tennis or uh, music. They do instruments through the school after school hours. So it depends on, I guess, your what you want your child to get out of these stuff is mm. which one direction you take them into. But there is stuff available. And you, I guess you just got to find something that aligns with your interests as a family. And then if it does, figure out how you can make it work. And the easiest way to sign up is generally through a website. We're so, so easy to get fortunate in, yeah. these days <laughs> to have access to that. It's all the forms. Everything is usually through the website. Sometimes, for example, swimming lessons. I did call uh, the aquatic center because I wanted to find out the times. Mm. I don't think that was on the website, but actually enrollment was definitely on the website. A form submit. This is a history lesson. But back when I started playing under sevens was my first year. It was junior sign-on days. You'd go, mm. they'd have a whole weekend dedicated to signing kids on. You'd have to go in, you line up, you sign the forms, but you pay you the cash. But how did you find out about the sign-on day? Like how to, in the newspaper Well, that was then, It was either advertised in the school that we went to mm. or, yeah, there was newspaper ads taken out by the clubs, letterbox drops that mm-hmm. they would do. It was a bunch of different things or it would be uh, someone else from your school is going to that club they know when that's on. Mm-hmm. They tell you about it. You show up. But that's how it used to be done. Yeah. It would be a whole weekend dedicated to just signing kids on chaos mm. because there was just kids everywhere. They're trying to put on activities and food. And it just, it was a lot. Now, sign on, all online. Yeah, but they do still, everywhere still does at least one free lesson. Yes, they do. I know swimming does one free. Football did three or four days yeah. for free come and try bring a friend along and yep i guess that's as well the club's trying to bring in extra revenue mm-hmm. and extra people playing the yep. sport and the activity so yeah and that would all just be on social media now wouldn't Correct. it yeah, all of all that, all that information would be facebook or instagram instagram or a web or their website or their website yeah yeah so back to the original point was that we wanted to when we decided to start him in football the cost was something to to consider. Then it was looking at how you actually do it. And now it's so much easier. The access is so much better. Uh, the other, oh, something, the, back to the cost. There's In Queensland, there's government grants that you can access to contribute towards registration fees. Amazing. Yeah. So it does help bring the cost down. Hmm. Um, you've got that. to meet certain criteria to apply. Mm-hmm. We don't. I already, I already <laughs> looked into it. But you do have to meet certain criteria to apply, but it does allow people who maybe hit more with finances mm. to apply and enable them to access sport mm-hmm. because it's important. Sport mm-hmm. and outside activities, it just stimulates and creates a more well-rounded person and gives them more strings to their bow. So on the other side of this, we're going to talk about the benefits for us of what we've seen from putting Alberto in these extracurricular things. <laughs> stuff that we've been able to do and the ones we've really stuck out with Alberto was the football and we did swimming up until last year we finished before we went away in December so all of last year so they're the main two that we've got him into so far and Mm -hmm. I guess let's just talk a little bit about what we've found from him doing it Mm -hmm. Uh, 
we'll start with swimming. With swimming, by the end of the swimming lessons, he's now so confident in the water. Mm. And it gives us more confidence now that we're not having to worry as much. But it took him a while to get there. It did. Oh, I don't know what it was. He just, he would go to swimming lessons and be able to do freestyle, floating on his back, swim, dive, dive down and get the sinkies. He'd do all of those things. And then we would take him to the pool or to a beach or to a canal, whatever. And he would be like, I can't swim. Mm. I don't know how to swim. So frustrating. And you, we thought you've been going to swimming lessons on and off for the first three years of his life because we'd do a season and then be like, this isn't really teaching him anything. Mm. <laughs> and then we'd stop and then we'd do another season. But then we did at least 12 months solid, maybe more solid. Every week he went to swimming lessons on a Thursday morning. And yeah, he still felt like he couldn't swim. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was frustrating to me because I couldn't see him at the swimming lessons, but I would hear about it. Mm. And then I'd see him on a weekend and I'm like... You're obviously lying. <laughs> <laughs> he can't swim. Prove it. <laughs> Prove it. Like, are yeah. you actually going to swimming lessons or are you just taking him to a playground? <laughs> going to a cafe. <laughs> yeah. So, but then later as the year progressed, and then I think it was when we went on the cruise, uh, that actually solidified everything that he'd learned. Mm. And yeah, he was super confident. He was in the spa splashing around. He was swimming in the pool. Yeah. Even to the point now where he's going to the beach and he's throwing himself in the in the surf. Not throw, I wouldn't say throwing, between the flags. But, you mm. know, he's more confident in his ability to be in the water mm. and not stress about it. Yeah, that he can pull himself up, that he can get himself to safety. Yeah. I think that, that it's all clicked in this last two two-ish months yeah so yeah it with swimming lessons the advice from us with our situation that we were in was just chip away at it it's just about chipping away at swimming lessons to then the confidence will come yeah i i did ask the our swim teacher do you have any advice for me mm. <laughs> i don't know what, what he, he he'll just make up any excuse so sometimes they say the water's cold and they're like, we're in a heated pool. <laughs> it's not cold in here. You know, he'll just make up any excuse as to why he can't swim or why he can't leave the ledge or something like that at the time. And she said, oh, well, maybe it's he doesn't have engaging enough toys to be swimming after. Maybe he needs to go and pick out his own sinkies that are going to be oh, really fun. We did all of that. We did all of that. And it just, it really, it just didn't click for him. Mm. He just didn't feel that he could do it without his teacher or without the specific environment that he'd learnt the strokes in. While we're here, let's take a, just a quick sidestep because we always want to get him into nippers. Yeah. And as another extracurricular sort of weekend activity. Mm -hmm. And I think seeing the way he was at swimming lessons has more solidified that because we feel like rather than avoid the fear or his uncertainness yeah, just around say, oh, water he's just not a water person well we want to kind of change that for him so mm. especially because we live in a by the beach you yeah. know you want him to be confident in the surf and learn that life skill i think a lot of extra activities mm. are life skills in a way or can teach you life skills yeah and i think the the ones we've chosen swimming and wanting to do nippers will help solidify that yeah his, he was too future. young 
for this summer. He was, But yeah. he'll be the right age next summer. And... His best friend does nippers. Mm. And we were at the beach with them this morning and he was so confident duck diving underwater and swimming out and it was great. But Alberto just didn't have that same level of yeah. confidence. And again, it's not a case of avoiding it just because he's a bit scared now. It's, well, how can we get him to be as confident as his best friend? And like in some ways, I just think, yeah, it'd be just helpful for him to have another coach yeah. to teach him that because he seems to really be able to absorb it better. From someone else. <laughs> Is that bad to say? I feel no. like it's bad to say, but it's true. Like he gets so much from us. So, so, so much. But yeah, it's just these specific activities. That I just think he really wants that authoritative person to encourage him. I think though parenting isn't just about the two parents giving the kid information. It's about knowing where to send your child to get expert information from. Mm -hmm. And from Surf Lifesavers, that's one of the best ones to go and get surf information from. So I don't... Mm. I don't think it's a case of it's bad to say they don't learn from you about everything. Mm. It's just a case of you need to make sure you're sending your kids to the right spaces. Yeah. And when we look at the football, the benefits Alberto's got from going to the football club we've taken him to have been superb. Mm. I look at his excitement when the football's around. He likes kicking the ball. His dribbling's fantastic. Mm. But outside of the skill... Like, his football skill has gotten so much better. Yeah. His actual confidence in social situations that aren't just school or kindy have mm. also improved. Yeah. And I think that's one thing I really wanted football to do for him was that. Yeah, I think he's getting better at talking to other adults. Yeah. It doesn't – it's not always that. But yeah. he definitely can go up to people and say thank you. Mm for teaching me or he'll he'll be more open to going up on his own to say something to an adult and to open up. He just ran over to his coach and said, can you do my laces up? Mm. You know, last season he'd run to us and say, can you do my laces up? Whereas now I think he's just built that, that level of they're here to help. Yeah, it's even gotten to the point where, and it's sad, oh. <laughs> but he doesn't want you to cheer for him or like yell out instructions from the sideline anymore because he wants that to come from his coach, he's confident mm. enough in the coaches to give him that information and, and teach him. He doesn't him. need a translator in a way. He doesn't because yeah. he's, he's old enough now to understand what they're saying and yeah. he's that independent. So, yeah, mm. I think it, it, it's allowed him to have that independence from us mm. a lot. It's sad for us. Yeah. Well, we've got Racina coming up next, so we still have one. we still got one <laughs> left. But, yeah, it's just we got to just decide what she's going to do. Yeah. That, mm. I think that's the hard part now is I did look at gymnastics. Path. Yeah. Little, uh, it, but again, it's with the parent mm. and it's just tumbling. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> it's, <laughs> what a way to, what a way to completely just downsize an entire Olympic sport. It's just tumbling. <laughs> At this age. Yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> like roly polies. <laughs> oh, so, I, I can't wait for everyone to type that in. Yeah. Well, I thought, I think that that could be something. But yeah, I think she just really is interested in football. So we'll just see. We'll start her there. And if she wants to persist with it, I mean, the Matildas are playing in the FIFA Women's World Cup this year in Australia. 
but that's exciting. It's a bit early for her. She can't make the squad, but, you know, <laughs> maybe one day. Yeah, all right. Well, it's uh, extracurricular activities. We both love them for I what think they've done. that kids should do them. Consensus. <laughs> Consensus from us. Look, we're not about giving, like, advice, telling everyone what to do. No. But if you just judge from our experience how we've ha- like how it's benefited our I family and our kids. if you're questioning it. Yeah. If you're already asking the question, yeah. should my kids go into extracurricular activities? If you find the right one, yeah. it's absolutely going to work for you. Mm-hmm. It could be trial and error. It could be trial and error. You might start mm-hmm. in football, see that they're not interested in it. Like That's, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You can just plug away with it and find something else until you sort of find their niche that they're good at. Yeah. Um, I'm just very fortunate <laughs> that the one that we wanted Alberto to sort of go down, he's started off anyway, engaging mm-hmm. really well with it. Yeah. So that's been nice. So last week we did chat GPT. Yeah. This week we're doing unpopular parenting opinions, Ooh. hot takes about <laughs> parenting. So before I get to the ones we've received in, I want to give a couple of my own. <laughs> <laughs> Expose yourself. Expose myself. <laughs> uh, the, fir- the first one's going to be a bit controversial. Gender reveal parties, I don't rate them. No, I don't either. Yeah. <sighs> I know that people think it's fun, but I don't. It's a 50-50. <laughs> It's either going to be revealed as a boy or a girl. I don't think anyone is really disappointed yeah. with either gender, though. Like, like, I think you're happy you're having a child, right? You effectively, as as the audience mm. who's sitting there watching the balloon get popped in blue or pink smoke getting blown into the air, yeah. you're going to clap either way. Exactly. And you have no, like, stake in the game. Yeah. Like, it has nothing to do with you. So <laughs> the only reason I think I like gender reveal parties is for gender reveal party fails. The ones that go oh, completely yeah, okay. wrong on but the internet. But even then, you could, you could do without those. You could, yeah, <laughs> they don't need to exist. <laughs> yeah. I think I enjoy them because I don't like gender reveal parties. So watching them not work is like a <laughs> real evil type laugh stuff. So that's, that's my first one. I guess we agree yeah. on that one. Second one is, and this is probably going to annoy some people, Lego is overrated. Yeah. Lego is 100% overrated. It's just Ikea for kids. <laughs> That's all it is. Ikea. <laughs> it is. It's a picture book full of instructions. Step by pe- step. Step by step picture instructions with pieces that either don't want to go together or they're too easily, to, they'll fall apart really quickly. Like, yeah. I put together a Lego Ninjago car for Alberto yesterday. Mm-hmm. There's already at least 50 pieces of that car scattered across the floor. Like uninstrumental pieces. Yeah. Like his, the car Just aesthetic pieces. Aesthetic pieces. Yeah. Things that don't impact the function of it. So I'm like, well, why is it there? I stood on one before. You did, just as we were setting Not up pleasant. to record this episode. Not pleasant. Could do without that. So... Yeah, I don't know what other parents think. Yeah, oh, it's it's so good for their senses and their touch and their their ability to build and construct. Find another way. Oh, I always say, can we just glue it as we're building it? Because it's all going to come apart. 
And that's a nightmare. I'm buying into that theory yeah, more and more. Super glue every time you put a piece down. Because there's a little piece on mm. the floor and I'm like, well, what? Look, I'm looking at one right now. Yeah. Like, what do I do with that? And then did you throw away the instructions? Yeah. You they can't in, even rebuild it. They're gone. So <laughs> I don't know what, I just have to play it by ear. But he always come, brings it to me and goes, can you fix this? I'm like, well, you've no. lost, <laughs> you've lost all these pieces. So no. And where were they? And yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Overrated Lego. Mm, totally. Can't stand it. So if you agree with me, good. If you don't, come at me. Because <laughs> I, will, I will die on this hill. Oh. But let's get to the, some of the ones we've had sent in. And I'm just going to pick two. And they're from the same person. Mm-hmm. Shout out to uh, Alex Gear and Tech, who's a YouTuber mm-hmm. who sent them in. The first one is quite relevant for him. He's a technology YouTuber. Yeah, well, you're in technology And I'm in technology as well, so it's relevant for me too. But his first hot take or unpopular opinion is that kids shouldn't have smartphones until they're at least teenagers. Yeah. That was was his first unpopular opinion. And I can understand why that's unpopular now because you see it in a lot more situations Mm -hmm. that kids uh, have smartphones, whether they're using their parents' ones or whether they have their own, Mm -hmm. they've got smartphones to just do anything with right like on a plan that has unlimited right calls text yeah data they can access their own youtube they've got their own Mm -hmm. accounts it's all like yeah the parent can can lock down and control but kids are smart i I was just about to bring up that point is often parents would give it to them because they've got a monitoring yeah app and there's a lot of good ones out there their phone so Mm. they can just shut it off at whatever time or now I guess to play devil's devil's advocate, there could be some situations where a kid might need to be contacted. Households, pardon, two parent households, right? Where the kid needs to be contactable. No, not two parent, like separate. Separate, yeah. Single. uh, One parent lives over here, and (laughs) and one parent lives. So sorry, I don't know how to explain that better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Single parent households. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, I think that works better. Right. Where the kid, yeah, needs to be contactable. Mm-hmm. And I get that from that sense of an understanding. And I guess with a smartphone connected to internet, you can sort of see where they are. Right. Right. So I think in some scenarios, there might be a case to be made for it. But I think for, in most situations, mm. there won't be a need for a kid to have a smartphone. Yeah. At least until they're in high school when they start developing their own friends and they've got their own sort of social life outside of school that they can control. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's necessary. Right. I I had my first phone when I was 12 and I broke it the first day I took it to school. But I didn't need it. Mm. I had absolutely zero need for that phone. It was just purely a vanity thing. Also, it wasn't a smartphone. It didn't access the internet. No, I just played Snake. And back then, it would have been credit, right? It was credit. <laughs> so if you run out of credit, you run out of credit. Yep. Yeah. And I think with how easy it is to access messaging apps and contact people... Like your social interaction doesn't stop when you leave school mm-hmm. and it just opens up for a, a different type of like bullying and interactions with people. Like you can have group mess- group chats where someone might not be the favored person in that chat and you could all pile on. You could like target. There's a whole lot of nasty things that could take place. So yeah, I agree with that unpopular opinion. Whether or not you agree with it or not, that's let us know. The other one that came in from him was left a field of technology. And this one's a little bit of a different one. Uh, 
he said that leadership is being misinterpreted as bullying. Like if your child it can is, be. It can, yeah, if your child is is showcasing leadership qualities where they maybe take charge of a situation or they they have like a bunch of other kids in a group that potentially are following their example or something along those lines. In some cases, it can be misinterpreted as bullying and then be stamped out mm. and sort of being like, well, no, you all need to be on the same line. Yeah. Everyone needs a turn. Yeah. You must share all the things where it's, yeah, someone could just be good at something and be at the front of the group showing them how to do it. But it's like, oh, no. You need to be fair. Is that yeah. what you mean? I wish I had a little bit more context to the comment, but I, I'm grasping it at what they're saying, Yeah, I think. I think from my interpretation, it's, yeah, the, the child is showcasing a willingness to lead. Like mm-hmm. they may be ta- not, maybe they don't take over or they don't intend to take over aggressively, but they might see something being done in a group and going, you know what? I can take charge of the situation and get us to that finish line. Like I could do it. I could teach them to be more efficient. Correct. Because they're doing something silly. So I'm going to stand up and yell over them because I'm a child. And I'm, I don't know how to communicate that yet. But instead of a teacher or a, or a parent. Encouraging or a, that. Yeah. Encouraging them. Taking the leadership. They're just saying, no, sit down. You're too aggressive. Yeah. it's, right. it's, it's Again, it's being misinterpreted as bullying mm-hmm. and saying to the other ones, you can't do this. Only mm. I can. Whereas instead of identifying that as, oh, this this child's a leader. This child mm-hmm. has the ability to be confident. Yeah, confident. In their ability. Mm-hmm. Let's try and find the right way to steer that ship. Mm. It's being misinterpreted as aggression and bullying. And it's just shut it down. Shut it down. Oh. <laughs> Awful. Yeah. So that could be where I think that's that, that comment came from. I can see that for sure, yeah. for sure. Because I know for, just from our experience with kindy and now going into school is, yeah, they, they want everyone to be the same. They want everyone to be calm and be able to just share and hand things over all, and not... It's all an even keel. Yeah, Everyone's everyone gets a participation keel. certificate, you know, all the <laughs> things, an, right? That's an unpopular opinion in <laughs> so, itself. <laughs> so I, I, I get where they're coming from, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you uh, for sending yeah, your unpopular sending opinions in. in. Really appreciate it. Uh, but that's it for this week. Yes. So we're done. We'll be back, though, of course, next week with another episode. Yeah, and we might continue the unpopular opinion segment so if any of you listeners out there have something you want to send in send it to us on our socials so what have we got instagram Instagram, and we have youtube YouTube. we've got those there are two main ones Mm -hmm. we are a little bit active on tiktok twitter still nah no (laughs) i killed i killed twitter Twitter. (laughs) look i think our vibe doesn't really suit twitter yeah twitter's vibe is more uh, hot topics of the month. Like oh, you've got okay. a current events, you've got to be first to it. Mm-hmm. Whereas we're just kind of like, you know, Chill. we're just hanging out, just <laughs> talking stuff. And yeah, we're just vibing. There's not like hot parenting topics always being discussed on Twitter. It's yeah, just okay. latest trends or sport or technology. Mm. So don't find us there. Don't find us there. <laughs> we, we are there, but just don't find us there because <laughs> you won't be up to date. So just go to the other ones and Instagram and YouTube. Instagram and YouTube, the yeah. main two, the main and two. TikTok, and a little to bit some TikTok degree. on the side, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's it. We'll uh, hope you guys all have a good week, and we'll see you next week. See you next week. Bye.